And now, it's time for Mr. College Football and Friends with Tony Barnhart. Greetings and welcome back to Mr. CFB and Friends. I'm your host, Tony Barnhart, Mr. College Football. Now, we were off last week as your host took a little personal time, and I appreciate my partners uh, allowing me to take that time off. It was a good celebration with friends. Really happy to be back as we get ready for the biggest college football Saturday of the season so far. But before we get started, we want to thank our wonderful sponsor, Mr. John Herson and Epa Games, the unquestioned king of quality simulation products. You'll find them at Appa, A-P-B-A, dot com. So let's bring in the guys. Uh, even though we didn't have our show last week, we watched the games. We learned a lot of stuff. Let's start with the Jersey guy, Mr. Mark Blauschen, checking in from Sichuan, Mass. So, Blau, what have you learned in the last week or two? Uh, I, I learned that Tennessee and Georgia are probably pretty good and above everybody else. And I also learned that, that what I didn't learn was what's going on in Oklahoma State with a, a 47 nothing loss, uh, you know, there. And Oklahoma has that shutout law. So what's they drinking the water uh, in, in Oklahoma? What is going on out there for, for those, that period? That's that's what I did learn. You're right. It's been a very strange year in the great state of Oklahoma. Herb Gould, the Gould Standard. You can read him on TMG College Sports, uh, si.com slash college slash TMG. Herb, what did you learn over the last week or so? Well, I, I think we learned that, you know, that the top teams in the Big Ten, Ohio State, Michigan, and Illinois can uh, can take care of themselves. This is when we often see upsets in the Big Ten because the parity is still good even among the, you know, the separation in much. At any rate, those three look pretty solid in some wins over the weekend. And they, uh, more importantly, we learned that Notre Dame may have a higher ceiling than we thought. You know, they went mm -hmm. to Syracuse. And they really put in a very, very strong performance. Uh, just, I mean, it was kind of a pick 'em game, but but we learned that they can play, and we're going to learn a lot more when they play Clemson this weekend. Tom Lucci checking in from New Jersey. My goodness, he he just got back not long ago for from a wonderful trip. Tom, what have you learned in the last well, week or so? And I made my debut on College Plus, our Sunday wrap up on Sunday, uh, Tony, for the first time on the site. Uh, learned two things. Learned that I uh, I like Lane Kiffin a lot more than I thought for trolling uh, Jimbo. Uh, that's number one. And I, I learned that uh, George Klevikoff, the Pac-12 commissioner, is living in an alternate universe if he thinks that league is ever going to catch up financially with the Big Ten and the SEC, as he stated. Mm. So I don't know what he's thinking. And I think the Pac-12 is in deep, deep trouble, especially after the Big 12 just uh, finalized their new TV deal. Uh, financially, competitively, I don't think so for the Pac-12. We, they, it's going to be a very hard lesson for them to learn. You know what I learned? I, I, I will echo what Blau said about Tennessee. I mean, I was skeptical about Tennessee, but then a couple of things happened. They went to LSU and absolutely laid the wood to them. And then last Saturday against Kentucky, a team that's normally really physical, you don't push them around. They got pushed around from beginning to end. It was a royal beatdown. So we're going to, obviously, we're going to talk about the rankings. We're going to talk about uh, Georgia and Tennessee and Athens in a little bit. Uh, we're going to break that down for everybody. But before we go on, guys, if you'll indulge me, I want to 
and before we start with our hot topics or so, I want to take just a minute to honor a, a great man that we lost last Friday. Hall of Fame coach Vince Dooley, who won 201 games, six SEC championships, a national championship as the head coach of the Georgia Bulldogs. He passed away at the age of 90. He became head coach at Georgia in 1963 at the age of 31. And after 25 years as the coach of Georgia, he served as the director of athletics for another 16 years. I'll give you a little bit more about Coach Dooley in my Saturday monologue, Sweet Tea with Tony B. But guys, he was, uh, I'm not sure we're going to see another Vince Dooley, somebody who gives 41 years to one university like he did. Mark, you knew Coach Dooley. He was a special guy. He was. I mean, I first met him in 1982, which is my first national championship game. Georgia Penn State, which he didn't win. Um, but what, what really uh, struck me over the years, and you tell the story better than anyone, is asking Coach Dooley about the lineage of Ugga uh, and, and the Uggas in, in the Georgia history. And listening to Coach Dooley go through the Ugga list is, is, is a treat that's well worth. I wish, wish that was recorded somewhere. Probably isn't. But that's, that's a, a classic uh, amount of, uh, of, of Coach Dooley and, and, and Georgia history. And only only he could tell it the way it needed to be told. And and, and it wasn't Ugga, it was Ugga. Uh, he had that thick mobile southern aristocratic ac accent. It was he was something special. Well, they are they had a funeral, uh, they had a, a memorial service, a private memorial service in Athens uh, on Thursday, and there will be a, a celebration of life service probably at Sanford Stadium, Dooley Field. Uh, a little bit later this year, early next year. So, Coach Dooley, we're going to miss you. All right. Now, when it comes to hot topics, nothing gets hotter than the first set of rankings from the College Football Playoff Selection Committee. These are the rankings that finally matter. We're going to get them every Tuesday until the final four is announced on December 4th. First of all, we had three weeks ago, we had 15 undefeated teams. Now we have six, Georgia, Tennessee, Ohio State, Michigan and Clemson. So let's let's break it down. Let's break it down. The first thing I want to say is, guys, there are five SEC teams in the top 11. The SEC champ's going to be in. The Big Ten champ's going to be in. I think Clemson's going to be in. Let's start there. You guys saw the rankings. Anybody got a problem with Clemson at four and Michigan at five? Herb, you got a problem with that? Yeah, you, you know that I do. Yes. Uh, here, I will. Well, I'll put it to you guys. If Clemson and Michigan played tomorrow, I think we everybody knows that Vegas would say Michigan's the favorite. Michigan's the better team. But, you know, it just depends on how you how you uh, make your criteria for the rankings. And honestly, I have a, it's a very minor problem because it's going to sort itself out when Ohio State and Michigan play. But let me ask you, let me ask you guys, if you're going to talk about strength of schedule with Clemson, all right, now you take Clemson out of the ACC and you tell me what's a tougher run for a team, the American Athletic, the Sun Belt, or the ACC? Oh, I think, I think, that, I think it, it would probably be either the Sun Belt or the American Athletic. Well, so why, why is Clemson getting credit for a stronger schedule? Herb, do you want do you want the truth? The un yeah, unvarnished I love the truth. truth. The unvarnished truth is Clemson is Clemson. Okay, isn't that right, Tom Lucci? That's, that's why these. Much, that's why they that's do. Much it. Clemson I, uh, is Clemson. 
But as Herb mentioned, it's it's going to shake itself out. Michigan's got its chance, you know, to to play Ohio State and prove itself. Um, you know, I would just advise them to stay away from the tunnel in that game. Um, but yeah, it, it's going to sort itself out. I don't have any problem. The problem I have is with Ohio State being two. I think it should have been, and it doesn't matter. Again, I'll yeah, I'll, right. I'll emphasize that. I think it should have been Tennessee, Georgia, one two. Uh, I'm tired of hearing. I, I saw the explanations. Ohio State has this great offense. Blah blah blah. Meanwhile, they've beaten no one. They, uh, you know, they needed to get to the fourth quarter and Sean Clifford to make eight million mistakes at quarterback to take mm -hmm. advantage of that. They needed to, you know, one of the greatest games ever by a defensive end to take advantage of that. And yet, we heard the, the explanation for TCU being low because they they are behind so often. I mean, that's the most ridiculous <laughs> thing I've ever heard. But, are they 8-0 or are they behind often? Well, no, you just yeah, tell me. Yeah, well, speaking of TCU, Mark Blousen, you spent a lot of time in the Dallas-Fort Worth area in your life. You, you got a problem with Alabama being ranked ahead of TCU? No, <laughs> none. Uh, I, I just think Alabama's the better team. And But getting back to I want to finish up the Clemson debate with Herb a little bit. Um Part of part of it is is, is the rankings uh, pr provided by the media and by the computers. Clemson has beaten three ranked teams this year. Michigan hasn't beaten anybody ranked. I mean, I don't think I I, I don't think Michigan's got a problem because if they beat Ohio State, they're in. And Clemson could very well lose to Notre Dame on Saturday. That's a moot point. So for the first week, it's all part of the discussion. But and I'm, I can't believe I'm defending Clemson. The, the other guys are right. It's Clemson is. If that was North Carolina State as an ACC team, they wouldn't be considered. Clemson gets gets a, a Clemson discount. Well, if, Let me get, look. Let's face it. If Clemson goes thirteen and zero, if they win out, they get you know they they've go, they're going to Notre Dame. Okay, they're going to Notre Dame on Saturday. That's that's kind of an interesting game. But if they went out, finished thirteen and zero, beat North Carolina in the ACC championship game, they're getting in. I mean, the committee. You don't ever say never. Never say never. But the fact of the matter is the committee has never left out an undefeated power five conference champion and Clemson well, won two, two, two national championships in 16 and 18. I, I just, I don't, I think Clemson gets in. And I think, oh, you know what, Tony, that's unquestioned an undefeated power five or so-called power five conference champion is getting in. Let me ask one more question. What, what conference is the chairman of the selection committee from? Oh. <laughs> Our buddy, oh, Boo Corrigan. You kidding me? Well, I would say this, Tony. If you're saying that undefeated uh, Power 5 champion has to get in, then there's a possibility of only one SEC team. The yes. Big Ten could have I, one. The ACC could have one. And the Big 12 could have one. Absolutely. I told so, somebody, I, I told somebody I that be, today, Luch. Yeah. That's why I think there's, gonna, there, there's a chance for precedence. I think that SEC team, depending on who it is, okay. they right. have a slight advantage over a TCU. All right, here's what you're telling me, Lucha. Here's what you're telling me. When, when all's said and done, the committee gets down to the fourth spot in the playoff, and right. their choices are a once-beaten Alabama or does does uh, TCU? Could be a one, once beaten Alabama. I'm, that's right. It, it would have to be, be a two. Champion. It would have to be a two. Yeah. Or or, or here's a better way to put it. You come down and Clemson's undefeated, TCU's undefeated, and as you say, the SEC does not get another team in because you gotta you gotta put TCU in as an undefeated Power Five champion. And you're gonna you're gonna sit there and tell me if you're on the committee with a straight face that 
12 and one Alabama, 12 and one Georgia, 12 and one Tennessee, which all could happen, right? Yep. That two of those don't deserve to be in. The yep. best conference in the country has two one loss teams. Where only one's getting in. It could, it could very easily happen. Alabama runs the table, beats, right. beats the Tennessee Georgia winner exactly. in the SEC championship game. Alabama's got one loss. The uh, Tennessee loses. All right, or Georgia loses in the SEC championship game, and the team that didn't make the SEC championship game is eleven and one. That's how that's how Alabama got in in twenty seventeen and ended up winning the national championship. It is it it is going to be absolutely incredible, absolutely incredible. Uh, anybody else, Blau, outside? What about Oregon? What about Oregon, Blau? I mean, Oregon's a team that got their doors blown off in the opener against Georgia in Atlanta. But since then, I mean, Bo Nix, Bo Nix is playing great football. What What are you going to do with Oregon if they win the Pac-12 championship? I got one score to throw out you, 49-3. to three. Yeah. That's it. Yep. I mean, they've beaten, they're, they're playing great ball, but they're playing every, they're beating Pac-12 teams. We don't know how good the Pac-12 is, but again, so so the committee looks for out-of-conference tiebreakers, uh, tie and there it is. It's I mean, if it was 24-23, 51-49, sure, 49-3, sorry, right, not, not making it. It's going to be well. The good news is, as Luke said, we we're, we're sitting here. We know we got Georgia, Tennessee. We know we got Alabama, Alabama, LSU this weekend. We know that Ohio State and Michigan are going to play on November 26. So a lot of this stuff. But here's the thing about TCU. TCU's got Texas Tech this week. We're going to talk about that game. But they got to go to Texas and they got to go to Baylor. That's that is going that is going to be tough. So all right, well, we're going to get those rankings every week and we'll be right here to talk about them. All right, let's move on to the coaching carousel. Guys, we knew it was going to happen. We knew that Brian Harson was going to get the ax. It was a que- wasn't a question of if, but a question of when. When was Monday, and now they're looking for a new coach. And Blau, your buddy Lane Kiffin is emerging as the folk as the guy that the Auburn people want. Do they have a shot? To get Lane Kiffin, I th- from what I from what I read and I hear, I, th- I, th- I think they do. I mean, I think he's interested enough to to, to do it. I, I think Lane is is playing SEC bingo. He wants a, he wants to coach at every SEC school in the conference. I mean, how many has he got now? Tennessee, uh, Alabama, Auburn. I mean, this this is Mississippi. Is, is he going for the whole next Texas will be next? I mean, uh, yeah. So I think he has a shot, shot, and I think they're interested in him. Well, for all you guys who have dealt with Lane. People say, well, Lane wouldn't take that job because he doesn't want the aggravation oh. at Auburn, and there's a lot there. And other people have to – no, 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 it's just the opposite. Lane will want to prove to you that he can – all the forces that are circling that program and making it a difficult place to coach, Lane Lane would want you to know I can handle all that. I've been the I've been the coach of the Oakland Raiders. I've been the coach of Tennessee. I've been the coach of USC. And you think I'm going to back away from Auburn, Luch? That's what, that's Lane. He's been had been head coach at those schools for what a combined six years, if um, that. <laughs> you know that's the that's my only uh, concern. If I'm Auburn, looking at Lane Kiffin, is the sustainability there? Can he stay long enough over mm-hmm. a long period of time? and be successful there. Uh, we've seen him be successful in spots, in bursts, 
He's certainly being successful this year at Ole Miss. Does it matter anymore, Loosh? It does if you're Auburn and you got Alabama as a neighbor. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, again, coaches stay two or three years and they either move to another job or get fired. I don't know. That, that, that could be that. That sounds like Lane Kiffin. I would I well, be surprised by that. I tell you, I still maintain, and I, maybe I'm totally wrong about this. I still maintain that if Auburn had beaten Alabama, they had Alabama beat. Sure. Okay. All they had to do was not run out of bounds, Tank Bigsby, and they gave them 40 <laughs> extra seconds, and Alabama was able to score and get the game into overtime. They won in overtime. I still maintain that if Auburn had won that game, then the power structure that messes with Auburn would have left him alone, and maybe things would have been different. I could be wrong about that, but the, the Auburn guys, for those of you who've been down here, it is a it is a fascinating job, but you can win a national championship there. They won one in 2010. They came within just a few seconds of winning one in 2013. Everything is there to be successful. So it's going to be it's going to be fascinating. All right, so guys, up to date. Six Power Five jobs are now available: Auburn, Georgia Tech, Colorado, Arizona State, Arizona State, Nebraska. And Wisconsin, that is going to be it. Oh, by the way, Auburn did sign a new athletic director, John Cohen, who was the athletic director at Mississippi State. He will be in charge of uh, hiring the new coach. So it's going to be fascinating. Uh, I have got to bring Blau in on this because he wrote me a note this week. I said, Blau, come on, you're pulling my leg, man. Are you you going to tell me that Stanford suspended the tree? Blah, tell the story, Blau, because I don't believe it. Well, the Stanford, the Stanford mascot is the tree, and, and the, apparently the tree was not happy with what's going on. And so he goes out on the field, and he goes, Stanford is no fun. And that was it, and he got suspended. Now, well, that, to me, that proves the point. Stanford is no fun. <laughs> I mean, that's just case closed. I mean, that's it. Defense rests. Now, did, like, did the number – the previous tree has he like offered? Hadn't he like offered to to pitch in here at the end of the season? I don't. I don't know. I I <laughs> I, I, I texted one of our other buddies, a Stanford grad named Mr. Ivan Mazel, and and his only response was Stanford can't get out of his own way right now, either on the field or off the field. Uh oh, Ivan's not going to send them any more checks. You better look. Better look out. Better look out. All right, and here's the here's the other one off the field. Uh. Michigan and Michigan State, Herb Gould, got in a bit of a tussle in the tunnel, which is not unusual at Michigan, I understand. Uh, it is not a good look, but bring us up to date on that because uh, Coach Harbaugh is talking about legal action here. Yeah, and, and uh, the mother of one of the, you know, there were two Michigan players that got roughed up, and they really were like, I mean, it looked like West Side Story, you know. I mean, it was just it was just a jumping on the other guy. Um, the, there's a one family uh, that's thinking about uh, suing, or actually, they are suing, and 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 we may see some police action. We're up to eight suspensions. All right. Uh, you know, I, I think it's just it's very sad, you know, because I think it, the emotions run high I mean, we've all yeah. seen this you know if you have a few guys that are a little excitable on your team and i think you probably have every team in the nation has that and yet 
you know, it doesn't happen. You know, Michigan, the Michigan-Michigan State rivalry is just really over the top. I mean, you guys know a, a lot about Auburn, Alabama. Well, this is kind of like that. And Michigan State always feels very ignored and disrespected. And, you know, I, it, it, but it's a real black eye for the Big Ten. I, I think they're going to have to make the tunnel. You know, you're going to have you're going to have to have like red lights and green lights, you know, one team goes, then the other Good. team goes. You know, Traffic cop. No co-mingle in there. Herb, here's um, my only question. They had 60 minutes to beat the stuffing out of Michigan. What were they doing on the field? What well, did they have to wait Apparently not much. It's exactly like. <laughs> mean, they had 60 well, minutes to do my, this. As I wrote in my column, I think it's just a sign of the times. I mean, every every institution in our country seems to be disrespected and questioned and subject to violence um i you know i don't i don't know i'm i'm really curious to see what's going to happen with this michigan state program moving forward i mean i talked to michigan state people and they're like oh this is all blown out of proportion which i don't for a second believe you know but they'll you know is this going to affect recruiting is it going to affect you know the the last uh, few games in this schedule New, you know, the other thing is Mel Tucker is a second-year coach who just got a huge contract after a great debut season last year. Is it going to affect his overall progress or, or, or steps backward? There's a lot on the table here, just a lot. Herb, does the Big Ten commissioner get involved? Well, I would think so. I'm kind of surprised he hasn't gotten involved already. You know, um, I think that he needs to – you know, there needs to be some sort of other sanction imposed by the Big Ten. I'm not really sure what it would be. That may be the holdup. You know, um, I don't know where you go with it. But, of course, I, you're, you're so right on there, Tony. I mean, the league needs to come in and say, look, this is not, this is not right. acceptable. It's not tolerable. Hey, guys, is it a geographical problem? No, I, you, we've, we've been to a lot of stadiums between us. I don't know any stadiums that have setups where they both come out of the same shit like that. Do you? Well, I think didn't Notre Dame was like that for the longest time. Maybe yeah. they've changed then it. Then it changed, uh, I think. Yeah, uh, you know, many are different, but you know, that's the other part is in order to put in a second tunnel, Blau, you would have to take out some seats, mm-hmm. and, and and that's not happening. You know, also you would be all. I mean, you'd be altering a, a hundred year old stadium. You know, the other part that might work is back in the twenties, or uh, it was they took a real live Wolverine and put him in a cage uh, in the yeah. tunnel and they had to take him out because the players were scared to death of, of what that little snarly thing might do. Well, yeah, move people in and out of that tunnel. It's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what comes. The, the, the conference office has to, at the very least, they have to say something and, and can't and let that, let it, it pass. So we're going to, we're going to keep an eye on that each week. Now we turn to one of our favorite segments of the podcast, the locksmith makes his pick six. Oh, oh my man. Now tell me, I was, I was away, Tom. How have you, how have you done the last couple of weeks? Well, uh, no news is good news, Tony. Let's put it that way. Uh, um, no, you, you know, what's frustrating about this and why I stopped betting 35 years ago. I'll tell you real quickly. So the Ohio state, uh, Penn state game is, uh, I think it was 16 at the time, the 16 point spread. And, Ohio State gets that fluke touchdown. Defensive end intercepts a pass, goes for a touchdown with about a minute and a half to go, uh, puts them up over the spread, whatever it was, you know, at the time. And then Ohio State, so Ohio State's covering, and I have Ohio State. 
And then Penn State just marches down the field like Ohio State was standing there just to let them have the last minute and 20 <laughs> seconds, and they score and they cover. It's crazy. I don't, people that, that do this in Vegas, I don't know how you do that's it. That's why you don't bet on and, college and football. On the flip side, it, let me tell you real quick. Yeah. So so um, TCU's given seven to West Virginia, right? They're up 34-31. Max Dugan, with 29 seconds left, throws a 30-yard touchdown pass. Tell me why. <laughs> I, I have no that. idea. My they go up by great. 10. They, win, they, they cover. I have entertainment. no idea why. It's inter that's why this is for entertainment purposes only. So, oh, all right, man, let's, let's get ever. started. Let's get started the pick I'll six. I'll go through them quickly. All right. Penn State minus 14 at Purdue. Indiana. Uh, Indiana. No. Is it Indiana, Indiana at Purdue? Yeah, no, Penn State, Indiana. Okay, my right, error. Herb? Sorry. Yep. Isn't it Penn anyway. State, Indiana, Herb? Yeah, that sounds right. No, yeah. Penn State uh, Purdue played. They played the first game. It's not Penn State Purdue. No, Indiana. no, it's Penn State Indiana. That's a, one of right, one that, Penn, State, Indiana. Win. Penn State Indiana. Penn State only win is Purdue in the opening game. Anyway, real quick, Tony. Indiana's terrible. Got crushed by Cincinnati. Lost to Nebraska and to Rutgers. Very bad Big Ten team. I don't care if uh, Sean Clifford uh, starts or they bring in Drew Aller. I just think. This is a 10 and 2 Penn State team that's going to beat up on a lot of bad football teams. <laughs> the only two games that count, Michigan Ohio State. You got Maryland plus five at Wisconsin? Yeah, I, I just, you know, they're getting uh, Taglio Bola back. If I, I, I always butcher the name. He wasn't, he wasn't around last week. I like the way, you know, I just like the way Maryland's playing. I'm not a, Herb knows this. I'm not a Graham Mertz fan. I know he had a good game last week, but. Getting the quarterback back. This is a six and two Maryland team that I think is bowl eligible for the first time in this early in quite a while. So, uh, you know, uh, yeah, I I do I do like Maryland. I think that they're they're an under the radar team that people are just ignoring. Now, a yeah, lot of know, people. Would, yeah, go, go ahead, Herb. Oh, I was just going to say, you know, I, I understand why because I think Maryland. I think Mike Loxley, who I knew well at, at, at Illinois mm -hmm. as the offensive coordinator. He's doing a terrific job there. Right, and, and I think that Tom's right to sort of undervalue Wisconsin. But I, I think they're going to hit a stride now because they're playing for Jim Leonard's job. You know, we, technically the Wisconsin job is open, but it's Jim, it's Jim Leonard's job as long as they do a reasonably good job down the stretch. And those kids love him and they will play for him. And, and even Mertz, you know, he, I think he overthinks, but but he's sort of settling in a little bit. So yeah. I'm going to respectfully disagree on that pick. All right, for their for their wins are against Illinois State, New Mexico State, Purdue was a good win, and Northwestern. So you know, uh, Purdue is is I don't know is, is losing to all the good teams. So uh, <laughs> they just haven't beaten anybody this year, Herb. That's that's my concern. Well, this right, could... but they were they were a multi tiered You know, they've had so. I mean, when you lose a coach and then you put in an interim. You know, there, there's been right. a lot of turmoil. Great, agreed. All right. Th we're going to be watching TCU for the rest of the season for reasons we've already discussed. Interesting, Luch, in this TCU given nine and a half yeah, they're home. against they're Texas home, Tech. Yeah, they're home, Tony, first yeah. of all. That's one one thing. And, uh, you know, Texas Tech was uh, blown out. They, Texas Tech is a has issues at quarterback. They have 15 interceptions this year, uh, which is a lot. So they have a tendency to get blown out when they lose. And I think uh, TCU is going to look at these first rankings and say, hey, what do you mean we're always playing from behind? We're behind Alabama. They got to start playing for style points, as Mr. Blouchin likes to call them. Boise State minus seven and a half against BYU. Two teams going different directions. Tony, yeah. 
Uh, I think Bo Boise's kind of reclaimed itself. I, I keep watching BYU, waiting for that physical team that people said this was going to be. And then I saw them lose at home to East Carolina on a, on a late field goal. Uh, they just don't look like there's something wrong offensively with BYU. I've watched them enough times this year to see that. Yeah, I saw that. I saw them when they, when they played Arkansas, and I, I, I thought I thought they were going to be better than that. So yeah, they're just they're not physical, which they were supposed to be, and they're they're uh, they're. Like I say, they're off on offense. Something's wrong there. Washington State plus five at Stanford with or without the tree? Yeah, Stanford, Stanford <laughs> tried four quarterbacks last week. Wow. Has scored, has scored uh, seven field goals and one touchdown the past two games. They can't score. They just can't score. And if, if finally, if they Washington State lets Cameron Ward do something besides throw the ball five yards, which is what they've done, 20 of his – of his 31 passes last week were five yards or less. What they're doing, I don't know, but they're struggling to score as well. But I, I think that Stanford is in, as we mentioned earlier, is such a mess well, that, uh, offensively with four quarterbacks that they're using. I, I don't trust Stanford at all. And finally, our, our Locksmith Lock of the Week, Georgia minus eight, minus eight against Tennessee. A couple of quick things. 49-3, the big, the big uh, opener, Oregon. Yep. I think Georgia's been waiting for a challenge. They're at home. Uh, I know they lost Nolan Smith. He's a, it's a big loss yep. at linebacker. That's a very big loss. I understand that. But Tennessee coming to Georgia. And, and let me ask you this, Tony. So the, the, the committee goes Tennessee 1, Ohio State 2, Georgia 3, and Las Vegas says Georgia minus 8. What's that telling you? I'm not arguing with the people in, in Las Vegas. I'll argue yeah. with the BC, uh, the, the playoff right. selection committee. That was, I, I got to admit that that was a big number when I saw it. I yep. think, I think yeah. George has been sitting on a waiting for a big challenge like this. I really do. Sort of like the Oregon game. And now Kirby, Kirby smart is saying to his guy, Hey guys, they don't respect you. They put you three. three. The rest of the world's got us number one. And these guys put you three. So let's show them who's number one. So let's show them who's number one. All right, yeah, let the, me the whole the whole nation's going to be going to be out there watching for Georgia to really put that big number up on Tennessee because that'll make it easier for other people to get into this this uh conference uh college football playoff. Yeah. Well, th there's there's no question now we're going to have a 12 well, What do you think, Tony? You you you're close to that I'm situation. I'm picking Georgia. No, I'm picking Georgia. I'm picking Are Georgia okay. and giving the points. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, I think playing at home, I do agree with you, Luch, that Georgia's been sort of sitting back, you know, they they kind of slopped around against Missouri. They had a 28 to 3 lead against Florida and let them back in the game yes, with turnovers, but when Georgia makes up their mind to play well, Stetson Bennett the 4th will be challenged. Uh, he's seen what Hendon Hooker has done, I think. But but here's 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 the thing that I'm not completely sure about. If the game is in the 30s, if both teams are in the 30s, no doubt in my mind Georgia wins the game. But what if it gets into the 40s, 45, 42, something? I don't know if Georgia can win that game, but it's going to be a lot of fun finding out. So let's tell I'm guys. I'm going to touch on a couple uh, more here that I got on my list. Uh, Herb, Clemson giving three and a half going to Notre Dame. Could Notre Dame beat Clemson in South Bend? I don't think so. You know, I mean, they, they look good against Syracuse. You know, it, it's one of those college football quandaries. You know, uh, Syracuse gives Clemson a tougher game than it gave on the road than it gave Notre Dame at home. 
And yet, I think that's just sort of a tease. I mean, Notre Dame offensively, there's still a little bit. There's just a there's just a lot to do, and also a first year coach preparing for against Dabo in a crucial game like this for Clemson. I I don't see it. I don't see it. Blau, Alabama giving thirteen and a half in Baton Rouge against LSU. That is a dangerous game for for the Tide because I, I think LSU, like you talked earlier, I mean they're they're getting putting these things together. I mean they, they hadn't lost to Florida State, they would have been right to the mix. I mean they, they got beat by by Ole Miss by uh, you know uh, Tennessee, but I, I just think that that that's a dangerous. I, I think Alabama can win the game, but I but I think thirteen and a half is a lot of points in Baton Rouge. Yeah, I think that is a lot of points. Luch, this is this will be our last one, but you got to explain this to me. Kansas State has been playing the door. I mean, they've been pounding everybody. It's been unbelievable what they've done, but they're getting two and a half against Texas. Texas, explain that one to me. Well, I think I think after the uh, Alabama game, people have been uh, overvaluing Texas for whatever reason. That's a very uh, polite way to put it, yes. Uh, yeah, I, I think they've been overvaluing Texas. I mean, uh, there's nothing special about Texas this year. We've seen it. Defensively, uh, they, they can fall apart. Offensively, they certainly have potential. But, yeah, you have to like the way Kansas State's playing. I, I mean, if Adrian Martinez is healthy, Kansas State is dangerous. And uh, I, I don't think – I just asked Mike Gundy about that. What a dismal performance. I mean, what I is, just – I was – I was I was stunned by a lot of scores that that one just absolutely that's, blew my mind. That, to me, that's just inexcusable. That's an inexcusable coaching job yep. by a guy uh, who runs his mouth a lot. Yep. Yep. You got it. All right. Let's end it there. Guys, let's wrap up the show this way. The biggest question with the rankings are in, we've got, you know, the real rankings are in, we, we know what's going on. We got Georgia. We got Georgia playing Tennessee. We got Alabama playing LSU. We got a bunch of big games. Mark Blauschen, what are you looking forward to most about the first Saturday in November? I want to see who's better, Georgia or Tennessee. I yep. want to see Georgia. Like you said, either Georgia puts up or, or Tennessee is really real. Herb, what about it? What are you looking well, for this weekend? Well, uh, you know, of course, Georgia and Tennessee. But I also want to see – I want to see Clemson, Notre Dame, as we spoke about it, because that's got some real playoff implications – and then I want to see, you know, what what's Michigan State like when they go to Illinois this week, Ooh. you know, with all their turmoil. Ooh, absolutely. Luch, anything, got anything special up your sleeve this weekend? You know I like the offbeat stuff, Tony. Yes, you do. I would say this. Connecticut, if they could beat UMass this week. Connecticut 4-5, and five, if they could beat UMass in the end of the season Army, they're going to be bowl eligible. Jim Morris first year. He wow. might be national coach of the year. The four years prior to his arrival, they were four and thirty-two, and he's got them, uh, you know, within re range of being bowl eligible this year. They can beat UMass Army. They're six and six. All right, all right, guys. Good stuff. Before we go, I want to again thank our sponsors, Appa Games. You can find them at apbagames.com. Please remember our website, TMG College Sports. You'll find it at si.com slash college slash TMG. You'll see Mark Blauschen's Newsmaker of the Week there every week. It's posted right now. Our team makes their picks on Friday. We post them then. A lot of good stuff on our website. Please, please check it out. We want to thank our technical staff of David Amaral, Sheila Dufresne, and Maria Barnhart. You keep this ship sailing every single week. Have a great week 10 of college football, my friends. 
For Mark Blausch and Herb Gould and Tom Lucci, this is Tony Barnhart. Thanks for joining us on Mr. CFB and Friends. Be safe and carry on.